Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah, baby. Streaming live around the world on the Internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch TV, on the podcasts later on on Google, CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, iPod, Spotify. It's everywhere. Welcome to it. It is the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live and across the state of Alaska as well on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. So, uh, welcome to Thursday, Thursday. And, uh, yes, yes, it is. Welcome to St. Patty's Day. That's right. I had a marvelous corned beef last night. It was delicious. And I'm so excited about what's going to be happening today on the old radio program. It is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun today. <clears throat> I hope you got your, uh, I hope you already planned and got your corned beef percolating in the pot or your, uh, or your uh, your lamb stew. That was those are my my wife's favorite things for uh, St. Patty. My wife is Irish, so uh, very much a uh, you know corned beef and cabbage and uh, some good old fashioned uh, you know some good old fashioned lamb stew, hot cross buns, potatoes, taters, precious taters. Um, it uh, it it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. Uh, if we could only drive all the snakes out of Juno, it would be a perfect St. Patty's Day. But, you know, this this is where we're at right now. <laughs> we're stuck. We're stuck in it. All right. Well, what's going on on today's program? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you that uh, we got some headlines we're going to flex in on here in just a second. Uh, and we'll start with those. And then at the uh, second segment this morning in hour one, we'll be joined by Scott Kawasaki, uh, Senator Scott Kawasaki, District A, up there in the interior. He's going to be joining us to talk about the debate. There's going to be a PFD debate, and it's going to be a debate between um, uh, Joe Geldhoff uh, from the Permanent Fund Defenders and Larry Persilli, who's the former Deputy Commissioner for the Department of Revenue. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Scott Kawasaki will be there. Jonathan Christ Tompkins will be there. And Senator Mike Schauer will be there. This is all going on uh, on Saturday, March the 19th. Um, and uh, it's going to be played live on uh, Senator Kawasaki's YouTube page. They'll have a live stream at Facebook uh, facebook.com slash uh, Scott for Alaska. So we will uh, we'll be discussing that and talking about uh, all the details and what uh, the, the positions are going to be. And this should be an interesting discussion uh, for, uh, for this morning. So Scott Kawasaki will be joining us. I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk to him about everything in his position on the PFD and all that stuff. Uh, now, uh, Mike Shower is not going to be joining us today. Normally, he joins us 
on Wednesdays or sometimes Thursdays, but that's just not going to happen to this week. And so um, uh, in hour two, uh, we will uh, kind of open up the phone lines, unless I've forgotten something that I was supposed to, unless I've forgotten a guest, which it's already happened last week. I forgot a guest that was coming on, uh, and luckily um, I was smart enough to schedule a text message to remind the guest without reminding myself because, oh, man. Um, so that's because uh, <laughs> sometimes that happens, man. I got a lot going on. I just I'll be honest with you. I got a lot going on. Uh, and so, um, no, it doesn't look like it uh, doesn't look like I missed anything. So fingers crossed. Uh, in hour two, we'll be opening up the phone lines and we'll just be talking with you to see where it, uh, you want to talk about. And there's plenty of stuff, plenty of stuff on this St. Patty's Day morning, uh, the, uh, including I want to talk a little bit about this whole PFD board thing, the permanent fund, uh, not PFD board, the permanent fund board. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we've all seen it now, but, uh, you know, Russia is now saying that they want Alaska back. Not all of Russia, but some of the prominent politicians there are saying that they, you know, we, we could take her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the thing on Fauci. Uh, yeah. So there was an amendment uh, put forward by Rand Paul uh, that would replace uh, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease uh, position that's currently held by Dr. Fauci and replace it with a trio of national research institutes. Uh, it failed, but uh, it's interesting. Well, well, we'll talk about that because this is it's it's an inter- it's an interesting discussion to say the least. So we got a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things to go over and uh, and uh, and talk about that. Russia takes over, and we could cut our corruption in half, says Chris on YouTube. Well. I suppose, I mean, if you have a dictatorial or authoritarian regime, I guess the corruption could be cut in half, maybe. Um, But again, that's still, there's still corruption. Uh, And uh, at least I won't be arrested for voicing my opinion. I don't think this show would last long in Russia, do you? I'm just asking for a friend. I don't think that there would be a, you know, I don't think that there would not be a knock on my door sometime during the broadcast if this was being broadcast in Russia today. Do you? Do you think so? Just I'm asking. Um, all right. Uh, so that's that's the rundown for today and everything that we're doing and uh, ready to go. Um, I, I and I guess I guess we should just jump into the headlines then because I was just thinking, was there anything in case I missed? Oh, they, uh, yeah. So let's start here. <clears throat> Because uh, this was a uh, this was a, uh, a, a, a something I almost missed the other day. All right, so uh, a bill uh, sponsored by uh, Republican Laura Reinbold would make it illegal for the state to withhold services based on COVID nineteen vaccination status, such as public education or assisted living in the Pioneer Home. It would also ban private businesses from requiring COVID vaccinations as a condition of employment. Now, this passed um, on um, it, this passed in the legislature in the Senate, rather, on a 13 to six vote, picking up uh, Democrats Tom Beggage and L.V. Gray Jackson alongside most Republicans. 
Um, this is a bill that Reinbold has fought uh, for um, and uh, and finally gotten pushed over the finish line. But unfortunately, it has a very low probability of success in the House. That's according to Representative uh, Ivy Sponholtz. She said the state already allows people to get exclusions for vaccination requirements based on health circumstances or religious beliefs. Except for, of course, that that's not true for many of the businesses who were requiring it before. They are not allowing for religious beliefs to be part of it. Representative Liv Snyder, the Democrat from Anchorage, chairs the House Health and Social Services Committee. She called it a problematic bill and indicated that she was not likely to prioritize it during the session, meaning it's going into a drawer to die. Oh, this is a darling bill. I think I'll place it right here in this drawer, and we'll come back to it one day when, uh, you know, after you find me pot of gold. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. This is my St. Paddy's Day thing, so I'm sorry. If it, if it bothers you, I'm just going to be breaking out in the random leprechaun Irish accent here throughout the rest of the show. Um, She went on to say that we like to prioritize bill that can have the most meaningful impact and that actually are likely to pass and be implemented. Um, You know, so it's good to know that they will only prioritize and work on bills that have got any kind of chance of actually being passed instead of allowing the bill to go through the process and be debated on the floor and everything else. Uh, a lot of those who oppose the bill raise the concern over its impact on private business that would no longer be able to enact vaccine requirements for their employees, including health clinics, hospitals, and assisted living f- uh, facilities with such requirements. Uh, under a rule from the president last year, the, the those that receive federal funds, Medicaid or Medicare, are required that their workers be vaccinated. And, of course, the courts then struck down the ruling that private employers of the 100 or more employees uh, be vaccinated as well. But this was in an interesting twist. Here's the interesting twist in this whole thing. Um, Senate Minority Leader Tom Beggage voted in favor of the bill after amending it in the Senate Health and Social Services Committee earlier this month to include an intent clause stating that every person should have the right to choose their own medical interventions. Now, immediately my eyebrows raised to the middle of my forehead because I'm like, hmm. Hmm. This is about a person's right to make their own medical intervention decisions and the right to privacy, he said during the meeting. Senator L.V. Gray Jackson, the sole Democrat running for U.S. Senate, also voted in favor of the bill, citing her support for individual rights to make their own medical decisions. She said, I thoroughly believe in autonomy, the right to choose what is right for oneself. The bill also addresses discrimination based on vaccination status. For me, discrimination in any form is unacceptable. Now, First and foremost, I could smell a lot of politics going on here, right? I mean, there's a lot of politics in this decision. Um, I, I, will, I will take my hat off to Iris Samuels, because the author of the article in the ADN, because later on, she goes on to ask, uh, she said, when asked if uh, L.V. Gray Jackson supported the bill because it includes language that could be used to defend abortion access, Gray Jackson declined to comment. But, I mean, can you can you not read this? Can you not see this? Can you not see that that's part of the argument here that they love to? Now, first of all, they know that this is going nowhere in the House. So this is an easy vote for them. The Democrats, I mean. 
because they get to say, look, we championed for your individual right to privacy and we fought against this. And it, it, it's so sad that it didn't go anywhere. While at the same time signaling to their base that, hey, we can use this to we can use this to, uh, uh, you know, make the same argument about medical interventions and the right to privacy and everything else. I mean, <laughs> you just you just can't win. I mean, this is the same argument many of us were making that, you know, hey, what about, you know, all you people who are all pro-abortion and it's a woman's right to choose. And now you want me to put this in my body and that's that's OK. But the other is it. Um, I mean, I think if you're going to be consistent, at least be consistent. But uh, anyway, so this is the big bill. It's gone over to the House where it's likely to die a slow, tragic death buried somewhere in a drawer. Um, uh, we'll never we'll never see its like again, probably. For It's buried next to me pot of gold. That's where it is. All right. Um, oh, I guess I'm up against the break, so I, I can I can wait on this. I got a bunch of other headlines, including this discussion on the permanent fund uh, director, uh, 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 her firing. And now the Senate uh, and the excuse me, now the the um, budget and audit committee is no, they're demanding they get more information, subpoenas, and everything else. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. But wait till you hear what got missed on one side of the reporting and not on the other. That's coming up in hour two. Scott Kawasaki is going to be joining us up next. We're going to talk about this upcoming PFB debate this Saturday, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're going to return with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Okay, we are in the break right now. Commercials are running, and I believe that we've got uh, Senator Scott Kawasaki on the line with us right now. Let's check in on it to make sure that we've got it all good to go. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? You know, it's uh, Thursday. Just one more day till Friday, and it's uh, I'm it's it's I'm ready. Let's just say I'm ready at this point. Excellent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, well, we're going to get all this details from you on the uh, PFD debate and everything else, and we'll talk about the PFD and the you know and, and what's happening in the legislature with it and everything. Uh, right. And we'll be back to you here in just a minute. Just hang out in my virtual green room. Drinking my virtual coffee and eating my virtual donuts. Just don't eat. Just don't. <laughs> Thank you. You're fine. <laughs> hey, you know, that's right. I took all the calories out just for you, uh, but please don't eat the sprinkle ones. Those are my favorite. So, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back to you. Hold the line there. Scott Kawasaki, our guest here on the program. Um. All right. You guys are awful quiet this morning. Um. About 30 of you in the chat room on Facebook, and probably it looks like another five, six, or seven of you over on YouTube, plus whoever, how many is on Twitch this morning. Uh, good morning to you, my friends. Um, are you ready? 
Are you ready for St. Patty's Day? Uh, you got it all, you know? Irish car bomb cupcakes are waiting downstairs on the table for me right now. Um, my daughter, she made some Irish car bomb cupcakes, which are, <laughs> I guess that's a bad joke, but boy, they're delicious. Um, what else? Went to the house and common sense was stomped on. Oh yeah. The, the bill went to the house and yeah. Well, it's politics, right? They're going to go to a committee that nobody, you know, that is not politically friendly and they kill it. That's, uh, that seems to be the, uh, that seems to be the, uh, the modus operandi for the whole thing at this point. Um, all right. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to make, <clears throat> forgot to make the announcement. I'll make the announcement on here. Uh, but I'll also make it when we return to the radio that I will be off on Monday. The show will be on hiatus on Monday because I will be traveling back from Fairbanks. I'm going up to Fairbanks to broadcast the Open North American Championships, and uh, I will be I will be transiting uh, probably late Sunday night. So I'm I already know that I'm going to be wiped out from sitting outside and broadcasting for five or six hours a day for three days straight in the cold and everything else, and then I got to get home. And so I mean I've just it's precautionary, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much saying I don't think I'm going to make it there. So. Uh, but yes, um, it will be, uh, uh, it will be a, uh, uh, a good day on Monday, wherever you're at, you'll be listening, but then we'll be back at it bright and early Tuesday morning and ready to go for the, uh, for the remainder of the week. Yay. Short week. I love it. Nothing better than a, only thing better than a long weekend is a short week. Coffee isn't ready yet. Brian, bring me a cup when you get done, huh? I didn't get a chance to make my coffee this morning either. I was a little, I've been scrambling around trying to get a thing. How the, what the heck, how are we supposed to start our day without the Michael Duke show? Well, you can always go back and listen to a podcast. You can always go back and listen to a rebroadcast of the show. Uh, if you missed one, Terry, I'm sure there's probably someone in there you missed. You could just go back and pretend that I'm here talking to you in real time. Because, I mean, hell. Don't we talk about the same things a lot, a lot? Sometimes I feel like I'm on Groundhog Day. Didn't we just discuss this yesterday? Didn't we just talk about that? Haven't we been fighting about this issue? Sometimes I wonder if I go back and listen to a replay from like five or six years ago, if it would be pretty much exactly the same stuff. It is, it, I mean, sometimes it feels like it's that frustrating. But we'll, we'll, see, what, uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, and everybody's got to have a day off, right? I mean... I've got to have a, give me, give me one day. That's all I'm asking for one day. All right. We're 30 seconds out. If I could ask you to do me a favor, would you please like this video? There's 33 people in the chat room and only uh, like 10 people have liked it. So if you'd like this video and if you would share this video, whether on Facebook or on YouTube, share with your friends, let's get more people involved. We're coming up. We've got uh, Scott Kawasaki up next, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Freethinking Radio. All right. 
Welcome back to the program. Thursday, St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, and this morning we're going to do something a little different. We're checking in with our guest, talking about the PFD and the upcoming PFD debate uh, that's going to include Joe Geldhoff of the Permanent Fund Defenders and Larry Persilli, former director uh, uh, the Department of Revenue uh, 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 fella. And, of course, uh, we'll have Mike Schauer in there and Jonathan Christ Tompkins and our current guest, uh, Democratic Senator Scott Kawasaki from District A up in Fairbanks. And he's here to tell us uh, all about it uh, this morning and talk about the PFD with us. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, Michael. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Everybody's Irish today. That's all there is to it. Um, That's right. Um, so let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about this debate. Um, uh, so give us the details. I know it's Saturday. How are people going to join? How are they going to watch? Where are they going to go? What's How does that work? Sure. Um, we've been advertising. Uh, it'll be multimedia. It'll be through Zoom, um, YouTube. We're taking questions through Zoom. Um, or I'm sorry, through Facebook and Zoom um, because that's probably that's just the easiest way to do it from where we stand here. Well, most of us will be in Juneau or scattered across the state, uh, and and also we want to engage the folks that are back in district. And we couldn't be in one place or in multiple places all at one time. So we'll be on Facebook. That'll probably be the best way for most people to watch because they can watch on their smartphones if they if they have to. Um, it'll be 6:30 on Saturday. Uh, evening, we wanted to schedule sort of an evening time, sort of out of the way, um, so it's not conflicting with other things. And there's just no really good time to pick, so we just we locked it down a couple weeks ago. Said we're going to do it. So 6:30 p.m. on Saturday uh, is when we're going to be hosting this event. Uh, I'll be moderating the event, uh, asking some questions um, that we have sort of preset, and then asking questions that we can find online uh, to get sort of a, a, a you know, get sort of a debate going. Right. And right. I, yeah. Yeah. I'll just say, Michael, unlike, unlike most of the forums we've been to where it's always sort of set, this is actually going to be <clears throat> a little bit more of a debate style. Uh, there's, you know, there's Senator Schauer um, and Joe Geldof of the permanent fund defenders are kind of on one side. You kind of know where they stand. Um, Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins and Larry personally, who was a former deputy commissioner of revenue will be on and they're sort of on a different side. So we will have a little bit of a debate going and I hope that that is a different forum that folks can actually engage in. And I think it's appropriate right now. No, I mean, I think we need to have, I mean, you know, I, not again, no offense to you, Scott. So please don't take anything that I say offensively uh, this morning when I talk about the legislature as a whole. But by God, this is something that the whole legislature should have been doing this whole time. I mean, they should have been debating this. It seems like they just keep kicking the can down the road. Um, and we should be having a debate, pro and con. You know, right. yeah, sure, put both people up and let's have a discussion on it. And in fact, the fiscal policy working group said this should be an integral part of an overall holistic plan that covers this, covers, covers, uh, uh, you know, new cuts, covers new revenues, covers. I mean, it. it they said we needed to take it all in, and yet it seems like everybody's ignoring the five million pound gorilla in the room in the legislature. Yeah. That's a five billion, not million, but yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, Michael, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. And you, you, someone mentioned about the House of Commons or House of Lords earlier about you know, and you, you mentioned point, appointing it to a committee and just burying it, and that's sort of what the legislature 
legislative leadership has been doing for the, for many years, um, sort of kicking the can down the road, trying to ignore it. It's not something that we can ignore. And while we have a bunch of federal money coming in to balance the budget this year, it's just going to happen again next year or the right. year after that, unless we start to settle these issues. And a debate's an appropriate venue for that. No, I, and I would agree. I mean, you know, you and I probably agree on half the stuff and disagree on half the stuff that we would if we placed, you know, issue by issue in front of us. But I think we can both agree that if we just continue to ignore the problem, it doesn't make it go away. And we've had the money over the last dozen years, 15 years, we've had the money to ignore the problem. Well, now... We don't have the money, right? I mean, we've drained down $16 billion out of our various savings account. We've drawn on, now we've drawn down on the PFD, the permanent fund uh, dividend for the for the citizenry, their share of the money. We've drawn down on that. And all we do is continue to ignore the, ignore the problem and act like it's not here and it won't affect us. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. And this is where it gets us. That's right. Um, you know, under a different scenario when Governor Palin was here, you know, when we were having $120, $140 a barrel oil around the 2008 time frame, we were bringing in extra billions of dollars. Um, Governor Palin and the legislature during that time uh, set aside that money. We paid back the Constitutional Budget Reserve as required by law. The Constitutional Budget Reserve is about $10 billion right now. That's where it should be. Uh, we've got about a billion dollars there, right. and that's supposed to be our buffer for for times when we really need to uh, when we really need to tighten our belts and we don't want to you know upset the economy too quickly. So we have some we've got a lot of work to do here, and I, I'm really glad that these uh, these four gentlemen decided to come together and uh, and have this great debate. What are some of the questions you said you've got set questions, and then you'll take questions from the audience? Give me the framework of what you think is you know what what are the questions going to be for the pro and con side of, uh, you know, whether a statutory or 50, I don't know what, to, what the framework is going to be, but yeah. you know, give me, give me a bit of a framework here. Yeah, sure. You know, we'll, we'll do probably, um, you know, a minute or so of very brief introductions. I think most folks that get, are going to come in online will know at least, uh, Senator Shower and Representative Christ Tompkins. They might not know Larry personally, who used to be a deputy commissioner of revenue, or Joe Geldof, who's part of the Permanent Fund Defenders Group and a local attorney here in Juneau. So they might not know them, but we're, we're going to get some introductions off online uh, early on this session. Um, I'll be, again, moderating. We'll have a question, you know, question about, uh, you know, does the permanent fund statutory permanent fund still work today or something like that? Does it work for the people? Does it work for the budget? How do you balance all those uh, basically disparate but connected issues. We might talk about what we would do in lieu of um, uh, in lieu of a full you know statutory permanent fund. I know there's been some proposals out there that we give a a percentage of a of a PFD or we you know there's a there's a proposal in the Senate Finance Committee right now that says we will have a smaller PFD, but it'll start to ramp up when new revenues come in. Um, of course, that's controversial, too. Uh, we might talk about uh, what other revenues we would do to reduce the size of the deficit if we do provide the statutory permanent fund dividend or if that's what the, what the folks want. It's going to be a fluid uh, situation because I think it's, it's only an hour and a half and a lot can be said in an hour and a half. Um, but not every question will be able to be answered. So we're going we're gonna to kind of play it fluid. 
And I'd really like the engagement from the public because we're going to take some of those questions right. and sort of mold them into a question that we can ask all four members. Right. And it's not going to be, you know, it's not Lincoln Douglas style where it's more long form. This is going to be pretty concise answers. Is that, uh, is that right? Well, we'll <laughs> so I've been asking the four members to be very concise because we don't, I'm not going to time everybody. I'm not going to require everybody only has a minute time to say their, to say their piece. But I, I did want to make sure that we had all those questions that came in from the public to be answered or at least, you know, at least scratch the surface of them. Right. So that it's, it's to their benefit to speak quickly, <laughs> uh, speak uh, uh, efficiently and uh, get their topic on the, on the table. Having had both Joe Geldhoff and Mike Shower on the program, uh, and Mike's a good friend of mine. Um, I, I will say you're going to have your hands full because <laughs> con- <laughs> concise sometimes is not necessarily in the cards there. But I mean, let's face it, this is a big, deep issue, and sometimes it requires some, uh, you know, some good information and everything like that. Um, you know, I think that you 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 hearken back to Sarah Palin, um, and I'm reminded, especially amongst today's debate about the energy uh, payment and all this other kind of stuff, that you know we we have been able to pay a full statutory PFD and a energy rebate payment on top of that. Um, I think, you know, looking at the testimony that we've seen over the last three years, that it's pretty much overwhelming that that's kind of what Alaskan citizens want, is they want their full statutory PFD and they want the government to live within their means. And, of course, what we hear uh, from friends like Mike Shower, friends of the show like that, and even uh, from uh, from folks on the other side of the aisle, uh, is that, uh, you know, there's just not the will to even discuss the statutory dividend anymore. It seems like that has now gone away. Is that going to be a key component of what you're talking about or just a part of it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will be a key component. Um, you know, as you know, Michael, um, Senator Wilikowski, my Democratic colleague, um, uh, filed suit against Governor Walker on that particular issue when it came down to the, uh, you know, whether it was subject to an appropriation by the legislative body or whether it was a transfer, whether it was supposed to be a transfer. And of course, he lost that case in Supreme Court. But I think the question still remains is that, you know, is that we have done this for, for decades, where we basically just said, okay, the permanent fund dividend is going to be paid out. This is how much it's going to be. Right. This is the calculation, and here's the PFD. And when Governor Walker challenged that and basically said, no, it's subject to appropriation, and then, uh, and then Senator Wilikowski challenged it, you know, that sort of set the, the precedent for the last couple of years where the legislature said, well, you know, if it's subject to appropriation, then we're just going to appropriate what we want rather than what the statute says. Right. And uh, that's sort of disappointing. Um, you know, I, there are a lot of us, like myself included, that don't like to break statutes. And, uh, you know, there, there's a reason why I don't vote for the budget. It's because the statutory PFD hasn't been in there for a long, for a long time. Well, and I think, I think that's the main question that many Alaskans are asking. I mean, essentially, the Supreme Court said, well, the legislature doesn't have to. They can't be bound uh, one legislature can't bind another legislature is what they're basically saying, which is, you know, the same thing that happens at every political body. No city council can bind future city councils, yada, yada, yada. But the the problem is, is that I think what the intent is, is that if the legislature doesn't want to be bound by a law, then they have the ability to change it, not just leave it on the books and ignore it, because that's right. that's the problem. I mean, if 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 I ignore a law. 
um, you know, I there's a recourse for me to be, you know, fined or jailed or whatever for doing it. But the legislature can just say, well, we don't like that law, so we're not going to follow it. But that's not it's supposed to be. You have the power to you as a legislature have a power to change the law, not just ignore it. That's that's a very dangerous precedent in my mind. And here yet here we are seven years later, still ignoring exactly the same law that's on the books. Now we have conflicting laws and it's like we can pick and choose winners as to what we want to follow and what we don't and i think that's part of the frustration that the alaskan you know that alaskans are feeling yeah no, i i i agree with you 100 percent. that is sort of the frustration you know the some people in the capitol have said that well we're we are we are following senate bill 26 which passed in 2018 um, that was the that was the bill from the Senate that basically said we're going to draw a certain percentage from the permanent fund earnings uh, to be used for state government, you know. And and that debate I remember quite quite vividly because they said that that's unless we figure out the PFD, this is this is going to cause a problem next year and the year after that and the year after that. And I I was opposed to Senate Bill 26. I, I remain opposed to it uh, because again the PFD. Um, the PFD statute still on the books, right? And what what folks have been saying is that we are following Senate Bill 26, the law that we passed a couple years ago that says we're allowed to draw this enough amount of money from permanent fund earnings. And I guess if you can follow one law, you should follow the other, right. or you should change it. Or you should change. I mean, I think that's the key. Or you should change it. Either follow the law, hashtag follow the damn law, or you should change. You have the power to do it. But again, this goes back into what we were talking about earlier, the avoidance. It seems like there's a certain portion of the legislature, mostly in leadership, it seems like, that has gotten very good at basically avoidance and basically just ignoring the question and acting like it's not going to matter. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at today. That's right. Yep, that's where we're at. Um, Scott Seamus Okawasaki is our guest today because everybody's Irish today. Uh, he is a Democratic state senator from District A. Uh, we're coming up on the break, Scott. I would like to talk with you just a little bit more about this if you'll hang out with us uh, for a few more minutes. We'll take you right to the top of the hour. Uh, and we will continue this discussion with him in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't go anywhere. Back with more and Scott Kawasaki right after these messages. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, Scott Kawasaki is our guest. Um, we'll uh, we'll come back to him on the. Well, 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 he's with us right now, but we will come back to the uh, the heavier debate once we get back to the radio. Uh, which is in about uh, I don't know uh, four and a half minutes or so, and we'll uh, we'll do that. Meanwhile, we'll lighten it up just a little bit. We like to do a little bit of uh, lighter side softball kind of questions and everything else like that. Um, and uh, and so we'll just uh, check in with Scott to see how are those donuts. By the way, were they delicious? Were they were they good? Did you enjoy every one of them? 
<laughs> uh, Scott, what um, uh, what else? It, it, when we come back, I'm gonna I want to want to talk to you a little bit about your personal viewpoint on the PFD. Which, I mean, I know that's a tough as a as a moderator, but at the same time, you already have a position. And and I and I kind of want to know just you know this this whole thing about PFD in the legislature to me is a fascinating discussion because it really it blurs it blurs the party lines right it's it's not a it's not about um, necessarily Republican or Democrat it's almost like we've got a new set of labels it's like pro PFD and kind of anti PFD that's kind of how the whole thing lays out like the PFD is our piggy bank and we can do whatever the hell we want with it or the PFD is the people's money and they should get it those seem to be the two sides almost uh, you know irrespective of parties uh, when it's all said and done yeah, that's that's right, Michael. I, and you know, I I won't say that you, a person who doesn't want a full PFD isn't anti-PFD. I I don't really believe that. I I think that everybody wants to make sure that folks uh, are entitled to that PFD, and it's just a matter of where that gray area is. Uh, but I, I will say that I, I think it it doesn't fall on party lines. It actually more falls on you know the lines of the folks of the people they represent. If you look in rural communities, some rural communities or some urbanized communities that are very poor. You know, we recognize the necessity and the fact that folks use that money for clothing or in Fairbanks, fuel oil, uh, you know, real basic necessities. And uh, whether that's right or wrong, I, I think it's a matter of, of fact that folks rely on a PFD. And uh, that's an important that's an important thing. And so whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I think if you're looking to your constituents and seeing what they value, what they need, um then you're you're probably more on one side or the other. Well, yeah, and I think it becomes a question of, um, oh man, I really don't want to get into this right now because I want to okay. I want to have this I want to have this debate on the radio. But uh, so uh, hey, yeah, we'll hit you with the softball. Somebody in the question asks, "What do you do for fun, Scott? What's your what's your off time? What's your off time pastime?" Fun? Do I have fun? Uh, I uh, I cook a lot. So I, I'm actually, I came to the office early and I set up some crock pots with uh, some corned beef and cabbage. So we ah. have corned beef and cabbage for lunch here. I usually have two or three crock pots going at a time. Uh, that keeps me sane when I'm down in Juneau. I like to hike. I, uh, I'm going to buy a bicycle down here because I didn't bring mine down. So I'm going to buy a bike here pretty quick and go bike riding and stuff like that. Uh, hiking great, hiking straight down here in the summer, it's fishing. Uh, in the fall, it's hunting. Uh, in the uh, winter, it's typically we're starting here. So, you know, it's kind of a busy thing. <laughs> yeah, no, there's probably not a whole lot of uh, probably not a whole lot of spare time in uh, in some of those things. But it's good to sometimes it's good to get out and uh, and exercise your mental health a little bit and enjoy do something that you enjoy. That's for sure. Uh, oh yeah, as well. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, who, who started the, I guess I, I should ask this, what, what was the genesis of this debate? I mean, were you the, the kind of the mover and shaker? Was this a PFD permanent fund defenders thing or was this, you know, what, what, how did this come about? Uh, sure, Michael, you know, we've been, I've been doing town halls and outreach meetings about the permanent fund dividends since, since the beginning, since those first initial discussions about making a you know, basically cutting the permanent fund or making it smaller to fund government. And we've had those debates, um, or we've had these town halls. Uh, actually, Juanita Caselius and other folks 
said, why don't we have like a debate? Why don't we have something a little bit more? So it's just, we're not talking to the same people all the time. Uh, right. We did reach out to other legislators to see if they would be willing to come on and have a debate style talk, uh, debate style uh, performance here so that folks can hear, you know, point and counterpoints. And uh, we, <laughs> we did try, well, we went to the very tippy top uh, folks uh, in the Senate and the house to see if anybody would be willing. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Christ Tompkins, who also sat on the fiscal policy work group all summer and chaired it this summer uh, said that he would do it um, sort of as a counterpoint guy. And, Again, I don't, you know, it is a gray area. He's not 100% again. He's not an anti-PFD guy. Right. We all voted together as a group, all eight of us, the gang of eight who met this summer, saying that we would like to see a PFD uh, and we would like to see it in the Constitution. Right. Uh, we all voted on that. Uh, all we right. all voted for 500 to $700 million in new revenues. Hold, hold, hold on, Scott. We're coming back up on the radio here, so uh, stick with me. Folks, like and share. Like and share. Hit the follow button. Subscribe. Ring the bell. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Ten. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now. Scott Kawasaki is our guest, Democratic State Senator for District A up in the interior. We're talking about the PFD debate, which is going to be happening this Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Um, You're going to be able to find it online. Uh, Scott's going to be streaming it from his Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Scott for Alaska. If you want to uh, if you want to view it there, they'll also have a Zoom meeting component as well. Uh, We were just talking about uh, we were just talking about this um, and, uh, you know, kind of the direction that we want to go. And I was just saying, look, um, uh, Scott, to me. This is not necessarily about uh, Democrats versus Republicans or Republicans versus Democrats. This really is a debate over, um, you know, we could say pro-PFD, we could say anti-PFD as being sides, although that may not be 100% accurate. What I really think it almost boils down to is the people know how to spend their money versus the government or the legislature knows how to spend best to spend their money. That's really kind of the 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 two groups or the two labels that I see because you've got people that basically say the intent of the permanent fund dividend was to share Alaskans oil wealth with them, a small slice of it to keep them engaged because they're all collectively owners in a weird, it's the only state in the union that has the constitution that we have. And, and that was the intent of the framers. That was the intent of those who set up the PFD. And on the other side, you've got a group of legislators that say, well, we really need that money because we understand better how to spend it and how to make the most use of it. You know, kind of the essentially, we know better than you how to spend your money and do these things. And that's kind of how I look at it in in the respect of the two sides. What say you? Well, yeah, and we had a little bit of a debate earlier about this. It's not really, uh, you know, the, the I, I think I don't think there's anybody in the Capitol right now that says that they're absolutely opposed to a PFD. Everybody would like to see a PFD in, um, uh, in the budget uh, for the people of their district. Some people, and again, not on party lines at all, some people believe that uh, more money should go to the state government for government services. 
and less money directly to the people in the form of the permanent fund dividend. And, and it's that sort of nexus between, uh, you know, a, a moderate PFD to a full PFD that's getting us all hit on, you know, basically hitching us all up right. uh, over the last several years. Well, yeah. So I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I think you're that's exactly what I'm just saying. I think you're exactly right. And and I think that's where the disconnect is, because I think, again, you know, hours of testimony of people saying, follow the law, pay the statutory PFD. I can be trusted with my own money. You can do that. Uh, and the legislature saying, no, we know better than, you know, the, as a whole, you know, collectively as a whole saying, no, we know better than you how to do that. And so we're going to ignore the statutory formula and uh, and 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 follow SB 26 and do this. And and again, this all contributes to that kicking the can down the road and ignoring the problem. I mean, the PFD debate has sucked up all the oxygen in the room. We've had more special sessions in the last six years than the entire all the years of the of the legislature, the legislature's first sat combined, you know, and and it just proves that this is a debate that must be settled. That's right. It has to. It absolutely has to be settled. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it has taken all the wind out of the room. There's other issues down in Juneau besides this, and uh, you know, we've got to deal with things like the public safety issues that are going on in the state. Um, there's issues of poverty. There's issues of folks not being able to have jobs that they want here in the state, having to find jobs in the lower 48, um, keeping a workforce that we have like uh, troopers, firefighters uh, here in Alaska has been exceedingly tough. And uh, we're going to continue to see that. I, I think people care about whether their kids have good schools, good roads. When uh, in the Matthew Valley, you know, just like in Fairbanks, we had the worst snow ever. Uh, winds. We had rain in December. Uh, I mean, rain, full-out rain that created icy road conditions that still have yet to be cleared up in in Fairbanks area. And, and so people want those services, um, and then they want a, per, a permanent fund dividend. And it's up to the legislature because that's what we uh, were elected to do to come up with a solution. And to to date, we have not come up with a solution that's worked for a majority of this legislature. Right. And that's. That's that's shameful. Well, and but I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I I will disagree with you there because I think you have. I think the fiscal policy working group, a group of diverse legislators. I mean, those from, you know, from the party labels, those from the far progressive side, those from the far conservative side, and everybody in between, uh, and those from the PFD side, the more pro statutory and the more you know, you only get a small part of it. They all came to get you guys. All came together. In the middle of summer, you know, 90 hours, 100 hours, however long it was, and you guys all unanimously voted on a plan at the very end, which to me, that was an accomplishment. That was hugely uh, satisfying to see that both sides could come together where everybody compromises a little bit. Nobody's 100% happy with it, but they all came out and said, here's the plan. And not only here's the plan, but here's the plan that we can't take piecemeal. It has to be a holistic approach. It has to be an all-encompassing debate, not just pick one issue and pick it apart. And yet the legislature, and really here I'm pointing at legislative leadership, ignored it. Uh, Shelly Hughes was on the program a couple weeks ago. We were talking about this specifically. She said, we had 50 out of 60 in the legislature who were ready to hear and, and supportive of this fiscal policy working group plan. And yet there was just a handful 
in leadership, the kind of the old guard business as usual crowd who submarine the whole thing. You guys never sat down as a body or as a combined body and went over this plan point by point. I mean, it is a huge, not only is it a wasted effort, unfortunately, I guess it's not wasted because we have the plan now, but it, it seems like a futile effort, uh, you know, all the work that you guys put into this. And then it's kind of a finger in the eye of the people when there is a feasible plan in front of us that we could work. Yeah. I, and I agree. And I, I, <laughs> I seem to forget that we, we did meet all summer long and it was, uh, we probably met five to six days a week from the 4th of July weekend on until mid August. And, uh, we, we did have those discussions. A lot of people were remote. Some people in the same city might be, might've been able to meet together. Representative Prox and I, uh, were also on that committee. Uh, Representative Prox was an alternate for the Senate Republic or house Republicans. And, you know, we got to talk about it every day. And so we lived, breathed, and ate it every day. We did come up with a plan, and you're right. Uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, we haven't moved uh, the, the needle much. The eight of us hadn't moved the needle much at this point. But the discussions are the discussions are were fruitful. And I, and I will say this, that, uh, you know, to get those eight members and four alternates on the same page. Um, it was it was it was a real challenge, and uh, I, I think we can do great things when we when we come together like that, like we did. And now it's just a matter of, of getting our caucuses to our respective caucuses to push forward. And that's where I think we sort of missed out um, toward the end of the last special session there last fall was that we we just couldn't engage the rest of the caucus. Most of the caucus members didn't come to Juno and we're, we're just absent, um, that last month. And that's, uh, again, that's no fault to any individual, but as a legislative body, we should have done better. Well, and I mean, again, uh, all the pieces of this, the fiscal policy working group, I mean, the, you know, you had the, the PFD set in, you had the, the uh, cuts set in, you had new taxes and new revenues set in, you had an adjustment to the oil tax as well set in. I mean, all these pieces and parts were all there. And it's so amazing that nobody, you know, that, that again, the majority of the legislature is for it. And yet we've got a handful of people that are stymieing the whole thing. And this goes back to what I was saying before on the pro versus anti or my money versus government money, to argue, however you want to lay it out. Um, I think more and more in my mind, watching the debates and watching the discussions, you're seeing more people in the House majority, in the Senate minority that are saying the PFD is important and we should solve it. And maybe it should be, you know, 50-50 or statutory or something. And eventually they're going to have to break with their caucuses or their leadership or some point, and they're going to have to take a stand. It needs to go to the floor for a vote and let legislators stand alone and and let the, you know, vote for their constituency in that regard. Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, we've been talking, Shelly Hughes shares an office next to me. She's right. She's just down the hall. So we, we talk quite often uh, and we're, we're working toward that goal this year. And I, and I hope we can do something just to shake things up. Uh, I think there should be an up and down vote and folks can vote their conscience and folks can say, uh, we, you know, with their head held high, whether they voted yes or no, go back to their constituency and justify their vote 
And I think that's how that's how we do things. That's how we should do things. To just bury them and not uh, and ignore them is not a real answer. Will not provide a solution. I remember Senator Shower and I talking about this during the session and um, during our, our summer. That you know, I don't want to do anything and I don't want to waste my time with a proposal if we're just going to spin our wheels. We have to come up with something, and we did. And uh, that's a, again a testament to the gang of eight and the members of that fiscal policy worker. One more quick question before we do the recap. Um, I mean, if this this should go to, I mean, I think this is so important that the people should vote on it. Should this go to a vote of the people, the citizenry in general, an advisory vote? You know, we've debated the advisory vote issue. Uh, you know, it's a, an advisory vote issue. The legislature knows what the what's going to happen. The legislature ultimately knows that it was, what, 80% of the people when we had the debate back in the advisory vote back in uh, 2002 or 2001, I can't remember, somewhere around there, 2000 timeframe, um, you know, voted to keep the permit fund intact. All right, Scott, Scott Kawasaki. Again, for, uh, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. on his Facebook page. You can watch the PFD debate. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show coming up. I'm sorry, Scott. I want you to be able to finish that, but I was I was up against the hard break there at the top of the hour. Oh. So, uh, so you were saying the advisory vote, we know how people would vote. Yes, back in 99, yeah. it was yeah. 83% of Alaskans said no. Yeah. That's our yeah. small, tiny slice I mean, it's a fraction of a fraction, right? 25% of the royalties get deposited, then it's a thing, then it's the earnings, then it's a five-year rolling average of the earnings uh, in the statutory formula. And so Mm -hmm. it's a fraction of a fraction when it's all said and done. And Alaskan said, yes, no, we know what we want. Uh, And so, yes, I'm sure the legislature is probably afraid of the people saying, no, just pay the statutory formula. But quite honestly, isn't that what should happen if that's what the public wants? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And and I don't think, so the question was whether there should be an advisory vote. I don't think there needs to be an advisory vote. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's just uh, saying, okay, well, if we have an advisory vote and we support an advisory vote, then we support the PSD. And that's not necessarily the case. We'll just kick the can down the road again as a legislature. Really, the legislators individually know what the people of their district want, uh, unless they're very, very disconnected or very sheltered. And that, that would be disappointing. But I think every legislator knows what the people in their district want. Uh, they go out there, they talk, they have their own town halls, they listen to people. If Whether they're shopping in the district at their local Costco or supermarket or whether they're um, you know, just dining out in the district, they should know what the folks want in their district. And, and as a Republican government, form of government, we, we, should, we should do what they would like us to do. Right. And that's what we're here for. Well, I agree. But I mean, I also think it would be good to see that advisory vote because I think it would pretty much settle the issue once and for all for everybody to say, no, just follow the law. And I think that that would be, but I think that they, there's a, there's an avoidance in the legislature to do that. Uh, I mean, I remember even back under SB 26, when I was questioning Peter Machicki on it and I said, why, you know, and he said, oh no, no, we can't have a vote like that. I said, why not? Well, people will vote with their wallets. Well, Yes, of course we will, because we understand that that money comes to us. We can best spend it for our own families and for our own needs, not for the collective good, which seems to be uh, the the other side of the equation is that government knows somehow better how to spend that money. Um, but it's interesting. I'm looking forward to the debate, Scott, and I hope that uh, more people will tune in and, and listen to it uh, again. 630 Saturday. You're the moderator. 
You got JKT and Larry Persilli on one side. You've got Mike Schauer and Joe Geldhoff on the other. And it's going to be broadcast on your Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Scott for Alaska, right? That's right. That's right, right Michael. And the, and the Zoom function, is that something that's going to be, is there going to be a public Zoom for that to be able, if, if somebody does want to uh, follow along on Zoom, where would they get that link? Uh, it'll be embedded in the advertisement that we've been putting out. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what the debate brings. Uh, some entry, you know, some positions on each side. Um, I do appreciate you coming on the program, and uh, you're always welcome to come on and and talk with us. Uh, I mean, you know me; I'm not going to beat you up too bad, even if we disagree. Even if you're wrong on stuff, I'm not going to beat you up too bad, right? So. I appreciate that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, I uh, hope you have a happy St. Patty's Day, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. And you too. Take care, Michael. Thanks so much. Uh, Appreciate it. Scott Kawasaki, uh, our guest here on the program. Um, It'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting uh, for sure. Um, Kim says debate. What a waste of time. Their minds are made up constitutional convention time to clean house. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, even though Scott is, you know, quasi pro PFD, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's in favor of the full statutory PFD. He still wants, uh, you know, a portion of it to go to the government. Um, I mean, I think even in that, you can see that that's what's going on. Doesn't want an advisory vote, uh, which I guess they know. I mean, he just he just said exactly the same thing. What happened in 99? We know that would happen again. If you know that that is what's coming on, then why aren't you fixing it? Right? If you know that's what's why aren't you fixing it? And the answer is because they want to control the money. They being the majority of the powers that be in the in the leadership. House and Senate finance are the problem here, right? I mean, that's really the bottom line. You know, you've got Neil Foster, you've got Bert Stedman, you've got Bryce Edgman, you've got uh, Click Bishop and Natasha Von Imhoff. They're the ones, they're the leaders in there uh, that are making these decisions. And their idea is that government can do more and do better with that money than anybody in the private sector is. So, uh, frustrating. I mean, yeah. But it should be an interesting debate, to say the least, to see where this thing whole, whole thing lays out. We're going to get Jonathan Christ Tompkins on the program. We were trying for this week, and we just weren't able to do it. We're going to try for next week to get Jonathan... Uh, uh, Christ Tompkins on the program to also talk about the fiscal policy working group. Maybe we'll shoot for early next Wednesday if we can and get that discussion again. Because again, I think they came up with a good plan. And as Shelley Hughes mentioned, they had 50 legislators that were on board to discuss that plan. And yet when it was all said and done, you had a handful in leadership who basically said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to, thanks for, thanks for nothing. Thanks for doing it. Uh, thanks for doing it all, you know, but we're not interested. <laughs> Senate finance is doing the will of the Senate, according to Pete. Yeah, Peter Machicki, um, yeah, they're they're exercising the will of the caucus, right? The, the, the Senate finance is exercising the will of the caucus, except I've talked to the caucus members and they're like, no, not not really. Not. Uh, nope. Sorry. <laughs> 
when's the governor coming on? Well, there's a question for you. I wish, wish I had an answer for you there on that, Jonathan. Jonathan asked, when's the governor coming on? Good question. I ask myself that question every day. Open line, open forum up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Respect my authority! The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com, in the podcast, in the, uh, you know, on Spotify and Google and iTunes and uh, CastBox Stitcher, on the TuneIn Radio app, on your phone, and of course, on a variety of radio stations and or translators across the state of Alaska, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hi. How are you? It's Thursday. And of course... It also is St. Patty's Day. How are you? I got myself a big glass of whiskey, and I'm eating the corned beef, the darling corned beef, and the cabbage, and everything else, and I hope you're going to be having a fantastic day, just me and you. Just me and you, my friend. That's what we're going to be. And as I said earlier, if only St. Patrick could drive the snakes out of Juno as well as Ireland, it would make it the perfect St. Patty's Day. Would it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it would just, please come back and uh, drive the snakes out of Juneau as well as Ireland. That's all we're asking. That's all we're at. All I want for St. Patty's Day is for you to drive the snakes out. Could you drive the snakes out for us? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's some pretty amazing stuff. Um, all right. Uh, welcome to hour two of the program. We just finished up. Uh, we just finished up with uh, Scott Kawasaki, who is going to be the moderator for a debate this weekend um, on the permanent fund dividend. The PFD debate is going to be um, uh, live. It's going to be streamed on Facebook. Uh, you can go to Scott Kawasaki's Facebook page at facebook.com slash Scott for Alaska. Uh, it's also good. There's going to be a Zoom link and other things. So Scott will be moderating it. And on one side of the debate, kind of the, I guess you would say the pro statutory side, you will have Joe Geldhoff from the Permanent Fund Defenders. He's been a regular guest on the program. And of course, our very own state Senator Mike Schauer. 
On the opposite side, I would say the more pro-government spend the PFD side, is Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins and Larry Persilli, who is the former Deputy Commissioner for the Department of Revenue. And um, it's, uh, it's going to be from 6.30 to 8 p.m. They'll be taking questions uh, from Facebook in this open-style debate, and it should be very interesting to watch. Um, and we just had a, we just had a good conversation with Scott Kawasaki, uh, and I appreciate him coming on. You know, it's not always easy to face the, the hostile audience. I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a gotcha kind of guy. I don't do the gotcha attack kind of, uh, questions, but, um, you know, he, he, uh, he's always done a good job when he's come on the program in the past and I appreciate him doing so as well. We're going to work on getting Jonathan Christ Tompkins onto the program, as I said, uh, next week, uh, to talk about the fiscal policy working group, which I think is probably one of the most workable plans that we've seen so far in fixing the problems that we have here in the state of Alaska. And I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing that, uh, to seeing that, um, uh, discussion with JKT here in the near future. Um, so in this hour, I've got no guests. We're going to open up the phone lines and I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say. If you want to talk about the debates and people in the chat room have been very vocal about uh, what's been going on um, and and kind of the discussion that we just had, we'd love to have you join us uh, on the Pivotel call-in lines at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Would love to hear you uh, sound off on that. Feel free to dive in and uh, and join the conversation this morning or help steer the boat as well. We'd love that. And we've got some headlines that we would like to get to as well. Um, also, was anybody watching the Senate floor session yesterday? Um, I wasn't watching the full floor session, but I did get a message, a text message from a friend that was down there in Juneau watching it. And um, and he snippeted out a a speech on the floor from Natasha. She uh, had some things to say yesterday. Uh, I mean, and it was. uh, Well, it was an let me just say we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to go through her speech here in just a minute. Um, because it was it was very interesting. It was very very interesting. Um, the different pieces and parts and uh, her analogies and and you know tugging on the heartstrings and the world play and everything else. It uh, it's very it was very very interesting to see what uh, our resident expert on greed had to say uh, about uh, what's going on. Uh, so that's uh, that's going to be one of our headlines. We're also going to talk about the legislature and their interest in what happened to the permanent fund director, uh, Angela Rodell. Um, I find it interesting that uh, that, uh, you know, we've talked to Mike Shower many times here recently about this uh, uh, about this uh, election uh, report that he was looking for that he's been unable to obtain. And he actually asked the Senate president to write a subpoena for him, and he has been denied. Uh, you know, first it was just kind of putting him off, putting him off, putting him off, and apparently now it's just like flat-out denial. 
uh, of the ability to do that because a Senate committee requires the Senate president's approval on a subpoena. But the uh, Senate president's got no problem, apparently, uh, you know, putting a subpoena together for the permanent fund directors firing uh, as well. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun discussion this morning on all those things. But I and I want to get your take on it as well. I want to see what you uh, have to say. Brian in the chat room said the lieutenant governor has ignored his he's put a FOIA request in for the election report as a private citizen, and his FOIA request has been ignored, which leads to the question of what are the repercussions of that? Because there is a law in place, right? I mean, even if you you should even if they just sent you the redacted report that would at least fulfill the FOIA but if they're ignoring you that's a violation of the law so interesting uh, interesting take on that as well Brian we'll uh, we'll do some follow up with you on that some of the other stories that we're talking about uh included the uh, uh oh the Fauci thing that there was an amendment I don't know if you saw that that Rand Paul put an amendment out on Tuesday that would have eliminated the position that uh, that Anthony Fauci currently holds um, and that was voted down with the help of none other than Lisa Murkowski she was one of six Republican senators that voted against the amendment that would have eliminated the position of uh, of Fauci at the uh, NAIAID um, that the amendment would have replaced the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases position with a trio of national research institutes, each with their own specialty. And um, they uh, and he put it out, talked about it on the floor, got it out there. But the senators who voted against it were Murkowski, Richard Burr from North Carolina, Suzanne Collins from Maine, Bill Cassidy from Louisiana, Mitt Romney from Utah, and Jerry Moran of Kansas. They all voted no against eliminating that position. So I guess Lisa putting one more vote on record that will give people more of a reason to have heartache with her come election season. I don't know if it'll make a difference yet or not. I don't. With the whole rank choice voting and everything else, I have I have no idea at this point what's going to happen. Her censure from the Republican Party, no idea how that's going to affect anything. Um, but, you know, she's back on record on one more thing. You can watch it right there and see it as it goes. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, so we've got that and some other stories that we're going to cover this morning as well with your phone calls at 907-433-3150. The Pivotel call in line powered by your friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. Speaking of Satellite West, they are also the ones that are happy to bring you the Bivy Stick. That's B-I-V-Y, like bivouac, the Bivy Stick. It is a short burst data device. Um, which basically means it talks to the satellite network. It talks to the Iridium satellite network, and you connect it to your phone via Bluetooth. You download the app, and it's this little tiny thing that's like half the size of your cell phone, and it makes your cell phone into a satellite communicator. You can't talk with voice, but you can send uh, emails, you can send text messages. You could send your locations to friends and loved ones with a pin drop. It's got you know automatic buttons on it that allow you to have an automated check-in uh, or an emergency thing that says, I'm hurt, come get me at this location. 
It gives you weather maps uh, and forecasts for regular and aviation forecasts and marine forecasts and everything else. And uh, it does all of this for only the low, low, incredibly low price of $199. Now, as I was saying yesterday, anybody that's got an emergency kit of any kind, whether you're a pilot or <clears throat> a mariner or a snow machiner or just a guy who likes to be prepared like me, having something like this in your emergency kit just makes sense. Because you just don't ever know, you know, that the unexpected is exactly that, unexpected. You don't know when you may need to tell somebody where you're at or send a, a plea for help or just to check in and let people know that you're okay. Uh, after any kind of natural disaster, whether it's a tsunami or an earthquake or, you know, zombie apocalypse or whatever. I mean, the Russians invade Alaska. You want to be able to have a conversation with somebody. That's what the bivy stick allows you to do. It allows you to say, I'm okay. Here's where I am. I know the roads are busted up because of the earthquake. I won't make it through. And you can't get through on the cell phones because cell towers are down or the congestion or whatever. That's what the Bivy, Bivy stick allows you to do. It allows you to stay connected. There's no activation fees. And they've got plans starting at, uh, it's like 14 bucks a month for what I call the safety plan, which is you've got it just in case you need to, you know, throw a text or two a month out there. Uh, you know, and if you don't use those credits, those for each, it rolls over into the next month. So you just accumulate. Or you could get the unlimited plan, which is what I have, which is an unlimited number of texts and uh, and uh, and emails and everything else for just 45 bucks a month. That's, I mean, and $199. Shut up and take my money. Just shut up and take all my money right now. Make it happen. I'll put that thing in my emergency bag. I got one for my wife to put in her car so that if, you know, something happens, we can always be connected. That's the beauty of the bivy stick. So I don't care if you're a hunter, a fisher, snow machiner, doctor, truck driver, soccer mom, Avon lady, underpaid radio host, whoever you are, you need a bivy stick. Find out more by going to SatelliteWest.com or going over to your local dealer. In Dutch Harbor, it's Lundy Marine Electronics. In Seward, it's Communications North. In Kodiak, it's Radar Alaska. In Homer, it's South Central Radar on the Spit. In Fairbanks, it is Arctic Fire and Safety. And in Soldotna, Wasilla, or Anchorage, you can go to any of the safe and sound locations. And you can find out more about the bivy stick. For 199 bucks with no activation fees. Do it. Do it. Shia LaBeouf says, do it right now. Thank you to Bivy Stick for sponsoring the program. You can't Chris in the chat room says, you can't afford not to have a Bivy Stick. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. <clears throat> well, that puts us right up against the, uh, the break. So we're going to take some calls and discuss some things with you. Plus, we're going to go over... Natasha's testimony in the Senate yesterday. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Duke's On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like. America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Hi. Back at it. Where am I here? There we go. He or she who has name recognition, quote unquote, says Politidick, will win in ranked choice voting. He or she who has kept the top 20% well-funded and protected will win. That's my fear. I mean, I, I you know, I'm in, an ag- I'm in agreement with you. I think that that's when it, and, um, and, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a good and a bad thing. Now, Shabaka doesn't have the name recognition that Murkowski does, but are there enough people who are frustrated with the things that Murkowski is doing to get out there to the polls and vote? I don't know. Just don't know at this point. Um, I think Nick Begich has a good chance against Don Young simply because obviously the name Begich is well known. Um, and uh, and he is a fresh and viable alternative. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, but uh, it's also Brian says in the chat room, I think Nick Begich understands this. So he is in full court press on social media. I agree. I think, you know, you've got to get that name out there. You've got to get those things. This is why, I mean, again, um, use the Wookiee defense for Chewbacca is the Wookiee defense. That was the funny thing. Um, <laughs> Wookiee will tear your arms off. Um, I think this is why I'm, I, you know, this whole thing over the governor's thing, the governor's race is the problematic one for me because you know, I at this point I'm supporting as my number one vote would be Charlie Pierce at this point. Um, but Charlie Pierce is late to the game, and he doesn't have, uh, you know, he doesn't have the war chest that somebody like Dunleavy or Guerra or Walker has, and the organized machinery behind him to make those things happen. So, I mean, he's going to have to get up to speed very, very quickly. And you're going to need that name recognition. Obviously, the incumbency's got some pluses for being the incumbent. You get that. But both Walker and Guerra have got a, a certain amount of name recognition. Now, Walker, <clears throat> I don't think he has a chance. I really don't. I, I mean, I, I just think that people's memory is still too strong on that. Uh, and now we've got, what do we got now? Eight people in the governor's race, nine people. Chris Kirk is in there as well. There's the Libertarian. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's a brother and sister team, Libertarians. Um, there was another Republican from the Valley that's jumping in there as well. I've forgotten. But there's a bunch of people in there. So it's going to all be about the jungle primary, who gets to the top four. And then it's all about name recognition once you hit the ranked choice voting scenario. So I, you know, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, all right. <sighs> Let me go back here and see what else you guys, you guys going to come out to the dog race? You, you guys in the interior, I guess I should say. You guys going to come out to the dog races this weekend in the interior? The Open North American Championships, baby. It's the drag racing of sled dog races. <clears throat> Happy St. Patty's Day, Colleen Sullivan Leonard. I mean, that's not an Irish name at all. Colleen Sullivan Leonard says Happy St. Patty's Day to us. Good low. Hello, Colleen. It's good to see you. Um, 
I'm filling here. McCabe. Rick says, McCabe, call in. Tell us what you're seeing down there. Kevin McCabe. I don't know if Kevin's in the chat room this morning or not. I haven't seen him yet. Um, Politidick says he's going to be restreaming the... Excuse me. He said he's going to be restreaming the debate on his pages as well. So if you follow Politidick's page, you'll be able to follow the uh, the stream as well. Jimmy says should be carried on KFAR. Well, I mean, that would require people to actually be in the studio to follow it and do that. But um, and if you know, if we had a sponsor for it, we probably would. They probably would make it happen. Um, just going back through here, see if there's anything else. Until you expose the elephant in the room, the House and Senate Finance Committees, nothing is going to change. Tell the truth. You you don't follow the law. Your top 20% of bribes being paid out. You won't pay if you get... Your top 20% of bribes being paid out won't pay to get you elected again. I think this is when, politi- this is when we still had Scott on. So I'm scrolling backwards here. Um... I missed a few questions, and and I was paying attention more to the uh, interview than I was to the questions. Okay, um, I'm just, I was just trying to read through all the questions in the chat room this morning. Getting all the stuff worked out. Uh, phone lines are open this morning for open line, open form. You guys are super quiet today. Um, even the chat room is a little subdued. And is it Thursday? Is, it, is everybody just getting, are they all just busy out there getting their corned beef and cabbage ready in their pressure cookers? Is that what everybody's doing? Since I'll be traveling today, my wife uh, made me. Uh, she made me my uh, my St. Patty's Day meal last night. I gotta say, probably the best corned beef I have ever had. You could cut it. You could just cut it with a fork. It was so tender, so juicy, and uh, there's just something about a good corned beef and cabbage. Yes, I went back for seconds. I would have gone back for thirds if there was enough. If there was enough left for the kids, I would have gone back for thirds. That's how good it was. Oh, that doc, that darling corned beef. It was delicious. Um, all right, so we're going to start taking some phone calls on the Pivotel call in line at 433-3150. And we're also going to break down the speech that was given yesterday on the floor by Natasha out on the Senate Finance Committee floor. Uh, because, boy, did she have a real stretch to make out there. We're also going to talk about the uh, the uh, Budget and Audit Committee and their investigation into the firing of Angela Rodell. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But let's uh, go over to the phones and see what you have to say. First things first, we'll let you uh, drive the bus a little bit this morning before I take the wheel again and uh, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Cindy from Fairbanks. Hello, Cindy. What's on your mind? Well, the TFD, of course. Um, once upon a time, the offer, the Senate offered to pay uh, everybody $25,000 and the PFD and to for have us to vote on it, and we turned it down because we wanted every year instead of the one time and done with. But now it seems like 
the people don't even get a choice on what is right, mostly the people. The people don't even have a say anymore or a vote on it. The Senate does it all, all the work instead. And instead of giving us what is allowed or what they're supposed to give us, they're, they're saying that we're going to give you this much because we need that much. Well, we, as the people, also need our PFDs, and, and a lot of us count on it to help us get through our winners, you know, right. as far as, like, the now fuel right. is gone up, groceries is gone up, and, and, and this is not the time to say that you get less because we're charging everything else so much higher, our property taxes, our electric, all of it. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I think that that's that's part of the problem. I mean, and and yes, there was a proposal in the Senate uh, probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago now. Uh, there was a proposal to cash out the permanent fund, uh, although it wasn't $25,000 a person. It was $50,000 a person that they were going to give to every recipient of the permanent fund. Um, and that was eventually voted down in the Senate. It never actually made it out to a vote. Uh, but we did. We voted on this in 1999 when they wanted to change the permanent fund to the percent of market value and make it a 50-50 PFD at that time. And it was voted down. 83% of the citizens said no. Uh, and yeah, they don't want to have another vote right now. I'll tell you that, Cindy. They don't want to have another vote because they know what, I mean, Kawasaki just said it, because they know what the people would say. And they don't want that on record to be able to point out where they're going wrong. Well, exactly. And the sad part about it it's like he said it's still ongoing that the people's voices are not being heard it's their decisions what we will do or what we won't do or what we're allowed and what we're not allowed right well it is frustrating cindy but don't lose faith we got to keep fighting the fight we can't give up okay oh, oh we, uh, i'm not and uh, and uh, my little circle i'm probably getting so tired i me saying, okay, we we got to vote for this person because they, hopefully they have the backbone to stand up and and uh, work for the people it, anymore. It's it's all about them and right. and the hell with the people. And it's the people that that pay the taxes, pay all the extra for this, so they can go on spending, and you know. I'm constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul or robbing Paul to pay Peter. Right. Just to keep lights on or right. gas in my truck. They, or, sh- they, should li- you know. they should have to live in their means, live within their means, just like we do, Cindy. Uh, I think that's exactly what should be happening. Uh, I applaud you. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for being part of it. And, uh, yeah, keep up the keep up the fight, uh, Cindy. Don't, uh, don't let it go. Let's uh, continue on. We'll go over here to this other call, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Oh, let me get these cats separate, fighting, making noise in the back. Um, um, I really appreciate you having uh, Senator Senator Scott Kawasaki on, talking about his impending debate there on Saturday at 6:30 um, about the PFD, and um, I hope that I hope it's recorded. You know, where a person can maybe watch it later if they can't quite catch it at that time. <clears throat> Probably will be like that. Um, I hope that uh, Senator Shower or Mr. Geldhoff, is it? What, what was the other guy? Joe Geldhoff, yes. Geldhoff. 
Yeah, I hope uh, if if one of those two believe that <clears throat> a cut in the PFD is a tax, I hope they bring that up and hash that out so people can get a better understanding of that issue. Of course, I feel it is definitely not a tax, <clears throat> nor is it anything similar at all to what some people might say a government withholding tax. You know, it's completely not that at all. And I hope that they uh, discuss that. And um, I guess on another topic, too, on SB 156, you know, the one that is the uh, the uh, prohibit COVID-19 vaccine discrimination. Right. Uh, I think the part where it says the government cannot discriminate is fine. You know, I think that's good. But uh, And we've talked about this before, I know. Uh, but the part where they say that a private business cannot discriminate on the basis of your vaccination, I think that's bad because I think that's the a private company's choice. For instance, you know, and I've brought this up before, you know, some months ago it was announced that Lavelle's Bistro Restaurant here in Fairbanks uh, will not serve customers who don't, do not have a vaccination, you know, do not have the COVID vaccination. And I think that's their right to discriminate, you know, if they choose to, which means they're going to be discriminating against me, you know, of course, which because I have not had the vaccine. And uh, and I'd love to have some of their delicious food, but they're going to say no, no dice, I guess, and me out, you know. Yes, not let me in anyway. Well, so and let me. So I think that's their right. Let me ask you this then: Would it be okay then if the government uh, didn't interfere to say that you could choose to hire somebody based on their color, uh, or on the fact that they're Catholic or Mormon or Jew or Muslim? Would that not be so? They shouldn't do any of that either. Then, so so any business should be able to say be able to say, "I'm not going to hire you because you're a man or a woman or black or yellow or brown, or a Jew or a Muslim or a Mormon or a whatever." That's okay then. Yeah, I would not. I would not like to see that kind of discrimination, of course. And however, I do not think that the government places to meddle. However, I do think the government can do this if there was discrimination based on some of those things. Like, for instance, discrimination against old people. They're not going to let an old person come into this into this nightclub or something because they're too old and rickety or whatever. I think that's the nightclub's right to do. However, I think it's perfectly acceptable for the government to have a department that identifies such discrimination and speaks out against it, publicizes it, uh, sends a letter to the offending company and says, hey, you really ought not to do that, you know, please don't do that. But as far as forcing them not to do it, if they, if a night nightclub, for instance, wouldn't want to let a 67-year-old guy like me into their club to mingle amongst all the young folks in there, I think that's their right, you know. Even though it might kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, I'm all in favor of the public's, of uh, uh, private businesses' right to discriminate against old people, including not hiring them, and, and which I am very concerned about being hired or not hired. You know, I have a good job right now. But uh, I wouldn't want to be, and I have been discriminated so, against, I, mean, I, I, I think, guess, because of my age when I was trying to work for some sure. uh, moving and storage companies, you know, who were advertising for workers. They were looking for people, you know, crying for workers. This is like back in 2013. And uh, I couldn't get hired to save my life. I couldn't figure right. out why, but I finally figured well, that they think I'm too doggone old. To, to lift up furniture or something. I, I would say, I, I would like say this, Randy. At least you're consistent on it. Uh, at least you're consistent on saying that they should be able to be have racist hiring practices or ageist or sexist hiring practices. At least you're consistent on that, I guess. When it's all said and done. Thank you for your call. Let's go back over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yes. Good morning, Willie Keppel out in Quinnahawk. Morning, Willie. What's up? 
Uh, I was sitting here. I would, first off, I'd, I'd like to congratulate Senator Myers for getting his uh, bill amendment on uh, firearms passed 19 to 0, yes, yesterday in the Senate. That was pretty cool. And I think about the PFD a lot mm-hmm. because I live in probably as poor an area as what you can find in the state of Alaska when you live in a village. Right. 450 miles from the road system. You're going to pay the ultimate price for everything. Sure, sure. And, and have the lowest amount of annual income. Exactly. You know, I mean, the annual income here is probably about maybe 16000 or something like that, you know. But here's something that the legislators never take into consideration, and this applies to people that have low incomes, middle incomes, barely scratching through, even though they work, they do everything they can. Their incomes aren't up there. Their credit lines are down because they've been late on a payment here, been late on a payment there. And what has happened through the years with the PFD is it used to come out and it was a guaranteed deal. You're going to get whatever that five-year annual average is. It's a straight pass-through. And so 30 years ago when I was, you know, first started buying snow machines for on a regular basis, you could walk into a bank and say, look, I'm a professional hunter. I spend six months a year in hunting camps. I pick up work here and there in construction camps. Um, you know, I don't have a 365-day job that I call permanent, you know. But you could get a loan because you say, yep, I've got this part-time job. It's a professional hunter. Six months, you're in the, you're in the boonies. And you also have a guaranteed PFD. So I could go in there, I could take Stella's PFD, my PFD, and eventually one of the kids, if I wanted to, and go in and say, all right, here's our PFDs. They're coming as a, as a, as a balloon payment right. on this snow machine next right. year. Right. And they would go for that. They'd go, cool. And so out here in rural Alaska where jobs are, you're lucky if you have two weeks on, two weeks off, that they try to split jobs so you work a, a schedule like Prudhoe. So everybody gets a chance at a little bit of cash in a village. That's how it works. And you used to be able to use that to build lines of credit. It was the only way you could get a credit card so that when you did go to Anchorage, you could actually plop a credit card on the table, get a rental car, be able to drive around, do whatever you wanted to do. You could go and with a credit card, you could do, well, whatever you can do with a credit card. Right. But it was how the old folks built their lines of credit. Without the PFD, you could not have ever gotten a credit card, you could have never been able to build any kind of line of credit. You couldn't buy a snow machine without the bankers being able to go, yep, we'll take, you sign this over, the state sends your three PFDs next year, um, you can get by with 50 bucks a month payment, and we'll just take, we'll take our chances because, we, you know, bankers follow sure. the five-year average, they're smart people. 
and this is what they've taken away from the poor people. Well, and, I'm, and I'm, I haven't figured out. Uh, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm running out of time here, Willie, unfortunately, uh, on the break here. But, I mean, this, you know, the legislators from these villages are in lockstep with the majority in the House right now, and they're ignoring all of this stuff. I mean, what? how are the people taking this? Why are they putting up with this in these villages and sending these people back? Well, it's because out here we have Tiffany Zolkowski. She's employed by Native Health Corporation. They don't even care if she shows up for work, I don't think. In fact, she spends most of her time in Anchorage. Lyman Hoffman, senator, longest-serving legislator, lives on the hillside of Anchorage, and we can't even initiate an investigation. There's no state law or mechanism to go there and do that. Um, they're bought and paid for by health and social services and the school districts out here. They have tons of money from the unions. Name recognition is nothing. When I ran against Solkowski last time, there was two, three mailers a day hitting the mailboxes right. in rural Alaska. You right. talk about name recognition. But I want to get back to it. They have to bring into the equation on the PFD, how do you explain and how do you measure the amount of damage you've done when you've destroyed the poorest people's way to stair-step themselves up yeah. with credits and to build their, their lines, you know? It's so a, that, that was kind of what I was after this morning, you know? Okay, Willie. Well, I think you make a valid point. It's something that I'd never consider from that perspective. Definitely uh, hurting them in that regard. And, uh, yeah, how do you do it, especially in today, in this day and age, when you have to borrow money for a snow machine? You can't just go out and buy one um, and everything else, and especially when you re- live in a rural community. It's a valid question. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Willie. We are up against the break. we got more coming up. One final segment ahead, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free, like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break. <clears throat> Woof. Okay. Um, if it's see, going back here, what else is saying? A chance. To, now's our chance to succeed from the union. Russia wants us back. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, just grab that frying pan and throw it right in the fire. The whole thing. Just throw it right in the fire. Um, <clears throat> basic services are paid with revenue. Citizens are funding more than ever, says David. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. Uh, and yes, it is a tax. Uh, I, you know, I don't care if it's, you know, when they take money that is intended for the citizens by law, and they take it and they and they intercede and they intercept it. That is a tax. You know, whether you want to call it a stealth tax or whatever, uh, it, it it effectively works very much like a withholding tax because <clears throat> it is our money. Even though, yes, Randy, I know we didn't work for it. But that's the thing. A dividend is not meant to, to be something that you worked for. It's supposed to be accrued interest on monies on your money. That's what it is. And that's exactly why it's set up that way. So, 
Uh, no banks in rural Alaska. Often a check circulates with many endorsements on back as, as it is transferred. Having never been really been in the bush, I I I don't know, but doesn't I mean that doesn't sound wrong? Doesn't sound wrong to me. Man, I want to get into this thing with Senator uh, Natasha. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. She had like a two minute. Uh, she had like a two minute uh, 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 speech on the floor yesterday. And, uh, oof, I mean, stretchy, it was stretchy. Uh, she, she really tried to loop around all the stuff into Ukraine and everything else into, into all this. It's, uh, you will have, you'll have to, we'll have to listen to it and, uh, and, and take a peek at it. It is astonishing. Um, all right. We've got, We've got, uh, let's see, about three minutes here. we got one line on hold. I guess we'll go over there and see who they are and where they're calling from. Let's go back over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is G-Man from Fairbanks. Hello, my friend. Hold, so, hold, no, after- hold, the, hold the line. Don't don't get ahead of me here. Uh, we're in the break. And so I want to, uh, uh, unless you want to just talk to us during the break, uh, unless you don't want to be on the radio, but I uh, usually like to have those conversations on the radio. You want to hold on a second? Sure. Okay, hold the line. All right, so G-Man in Fairbanks will be... Why did that not take? I hate that. G-Man, Fairbanks. Okay, see? There we go. No? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Fixed it. All right. So we're going to jump into that. uh, And then... uh, Ah, I'm ready to be hitting the road this morning, going up to Fairbanks. And uh, looking forward to a little quiet window time. (laughs) Sometimes I hate going to Fairbanks just because I'd rather be home and hanging out with the family and the kids. But there is something nice about the the window time there. Just watching the watching the trees and the road and the and the whole thing. Natasha. Um, All right. Yeah. Natasha never worked for her Rasmussen trust fund. That's right. Is it not her money, Randy? Because she didn't work for it. Is it not her money? <laughs> you can't. I mean, you're not going to convince Randy. I'm sorry. I've been fighting Randy for years on some of this stuff. You're never going to convince him. He, uh, you know, but at least he's consistent. Let's put it that way. At least he is consistent in his viewpoint. Um. All right. So I saw I saw Jim and Sharon were going to come see me at the dog races this weekend. Anybody else in Fairbanks going to come out to the Open North American and come out and hang out? It's going to be fun. I enjoy watching the dogs leave the starting line. It's definitely a fun thing. Um, <clears throat> uh, bah, 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 bah. It's not even as a gift. Play the clip, says Sandy. Play the clip. Well, I gotta wait. I'm I'm 90 seconds or 60 seconds out from rejoining the radio. I can't just play the clip. It's two minutes long. Um, uh, I suppose I could play the beginning of the clip, but uh, yeah, let me play the beginning of the clip. All right, Sandy, I'll do what you tell me to do. Thank you, Mr. President. I move and ask unanimous consent to speak upon the subject common humanity. Common humanity, without objection, Senator Von Imhoff. Thank you. I do have prepared remarks, but before I start. I do want to say that I wake up each morning and the first thing that I do is to check and see if a certain man whom I've never met, who lives in a country that I've never visited, is still alive. And then I have my coffee. 
As the world watches the horrors unfolding in Ukraine, there are many folks who are responding by donating money, providing humanitarian aid, or even traveling to the front lines to help fight on the ground level. Here's another thing we can all do as well. Okay. So I just teased it. That's the tease. Wait, it's going to get better. We're going to take G-Man's call, and then we'll jump into this here in just a second. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, Share the show. Like this video. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Uh, final segment of the show this morning. Tomorrow it's Firearms Friday. Don't forget about that. Uh, but let's go to the phones one more time here before we break into this conversation about Natasha von Imhoff's uh, comments on the floor yesterday. G-Man's up in Fairbanks. G-Man, what's on your mind? So it's election time, and uh, all of the legislators are going to be coming out, and they're going to be pointing their finger and saying, We'll protect your dividend, uh, which is a bunch of lie. Um, we need to drain the swamp in Juneau. Now, in the past, how has Kawasaki voted? Has he voted uh, for the full 5.5% of the earnings dividend check? on a five-year average or how, how's his track record do you know he's voted both he's voted both for a statutory dividend and he's voted for a partial dividend as well but he has also voted against the overall budget because it doesn't contain the statutory pfd so he's got a pretty you know it's a mixed record but it's it's fairly strong for uh, you know what we would consider out here uh you know for the dividend itself well, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. I think he was incorrect. I think it was 87% of Alaskans voted for the statutory dividend. Okay, well, thank you for the show, and we'll see you later. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, I got one more call before I shut the phone lines off and get to this uh, Natasha comment. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Mike. It's Robert calling from the uh, the next Ukraine of the world, Alaska. Um, <laughs> did you realize that the guy in Russia just became the patron saint of the Second Amendment for us? Oh yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that the the uh, the guy that got up and basically said, "Oh yeah, we're 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 going to take back Alaska." Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's let's let them take our guns away. So when they do decide to invade. We don't have any fight. They just take it. Take it. And we. Where are we going to run to? Canada, where they won't let us in. Right. <laughs> no. No. I don't think. I think they'd have a much harder time here than they did even in the Ukraine. I. I. I feel like. Uh, you know, it's the old Yamamoto quote. There's a gun behind every blade of grass uh, in the United States. And uh, yeah, I think it would be. A, I think it would definitely be a wake up call. I mean, it's all rhetoric at this point, but uh, the uh, the 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 theory the. The uh, the thought experiment is definitely interesting, to say the least. Yeah, can we get a, a holiday in that guy's name in this state? Because, <laughs> man, he just really enforced my, my love of the Second Amendment and my my will not to let it go because, you know, people like that and countries like that that want to go around and bully other countries because they're bigger and they, and they think they can, they can defeat us, he just, he just made it so that we should never, never give up even a bullet. You know, we knew we need those 30 rounds, 
uh, our governor should be handing out assault rifles now to make sure that they know we're ready for them, right? <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> I'd vote for that. I'd vote for that for sure. All right. Well, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for sounding off. I did see that there was a couple gun stores in the state of Alaska that had a sale yesterday based on the fact that Russia had claimed that they wanted to invade us again. I thought that was pretty hysterical. Um, all right. Well, we're coming down to the wire here, but I did want to get to this. This is Natasha von Imhoff's comment yesterday on the floor. Uh, it's about two minutes. I'm going to interrupt it as we go through here, but uh, and we'll have a little bit of commentary on it. But just listen to this and see how much you've got to stretch world events to try and fit back into your narrative of why the government needs more money than you do. This is Natasha von Imhoff yesterday. Thank you, Mr. President. I move and ask unanimous consent to speak upon the subject common humanity. Common humanity without objection, Senator von Imhoff. Thank you. I do have prepared remarks, but before I start, I do want to say that I wake up each morning and the first thing that I do is to check and see if a certain man whom I've never met, who lives in a country that I've never visited, is still alive. And then I have my coffee. As the world watches the horrors unfolding in Ukraine, there are many folks who are responding by donating money, providing humanitarian aid, or even traveling to the front lines to help fight on the ground level. Here is another thing we can all do as well. We can adopt the grit, the courage, and the compassion demonstrated daily by the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, as well as the Ukrainian people, and apply them here in our lives, in our daily interactions. There are many instances where there is heaven on earth as well as hell on earth and everything in between. Our goal in life is to recognize the good times and to savor and cherish those moments because they are oftentimes fleeting. And during the bad times, we must rally together in order to survive and to endure. To me, that is what it means to be collectively human. It's time to have a simple dose of perspective. <laughs> While our fellow humans are suffering in Ukraine with no housing, no electricity, no water, are being bombed at, shot at, and are fleeing their country with just a shirt on their back, let's not forget all of our blessings here at home. Functioning hospitals, education for our children, a robust university, as well as our mighty military, our natural resources. There is more work opportunities than ever before, and we don't have a state income tax. There is much to celebrate and be thankful for. Okay, so that's the first connection between the two. I mean, you know, oh, look, we've got all these things that Ukraine doesn't have. I mean, Ukraine had them, but now they're, of course, at war. But we should be paying close attention to this. We have more revenue this year than we know what to do with. Wait, you just changed gears. What? My, how the pendulum swings in such a short period, short period of time. I hope our priorities include addressing homelessness and helping with the mental health crisis. I hope we fund job training programs so folks can support their families through gainful employment. Let's adequately fund deferred maintenance so Alaskans can drive safely over bridges and on roads. Let's fund energy projects, big and small, so Alaskans can heat their homes as well as we can lower the overall cost of energy to attract outside business investment. 
So let's forget about, oh, hey, Ukraine. I mean, remember them and, and let us not turn into Ukraine. And instead, we need to fund government programs one, two, three, four, five, six, all these government things that we need to fund. That's the important part. And let's put as much as possible into savings. For the first <laughs> After they spent as much as possible out of savings. First time in a while, we have the money to think beyond the essentials. How can we come to a consensus on what is most important to move Alaska forward? Things like broadband to connect Alaskans electronically and ports and runways and roads to connect Alaskans to each other and to our natural resources. Let's coordinate with our federal partners to maximize these opportunities. Again, more federal. Let's spend on all these. We got to spend on all these. You know, you notice she never once ever talks about the private economy. We are all looking at what is unfolding in Europe now. Let's be mindful of our fellow humans who are suffering on the other side of the world. And remember, we are all connected through our common humanity. Okay, so that's about as much as I could take of that. But again, uh, wow, just freaking wow. Don't forget, we need all this spending because otherwise we'll be just like Ukraine. If we don't have all this spending, we will be just like Ukraine. Children being bombed and killed in the streets and... <sighs> wow. <clears throat> Let's grow government. Yep. Yep. Never saw a dollar she didn't want to spend. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Let's just spend it on all these programs. It's astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. All right, my friends, we're out of time. We got more coming up tomorrow with Firearms Friday, The Michael Duke Show. Be kind to one another. Live well. And love one another. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Yeah. I mean, I just was listening to this and I'm like, how do you wrap all of this back up into Ukraine and, and use this comparison that somehow, because we don't, if we don't spend it, then we're just as bad as the, what, the, <laughs> okay, wow, just, and then say it with me backwards, wow. Thanks, my friends. Uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. I hope you have a great day. Never spend. Spend, spend, spend. I've got a list of programs. Let me read them off to you. They look like this. They're over here. is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 